I wish the money changed me. All right, me and Alex are here with Will from uh, Chapo Trap House. If you want to look that show up, just uh, go on Twitter and look for CH asterisk PO TR asterisk P house. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of good things going on. You'll find it if you just search for it like that. But uh, that's how you find all the secret, uh, the the forbidden content. Yeah, that's the, that's what people like Will don't want you to see. <laughs> yeah, the forbidden. Riffs. What, is it, what is it like? The twenty uh, first best podcast of the decade. What was the we, ranking? Uh, I think we got f- number fourteen. I believe. Ooh, not bad. Uh, E1 not too bad. came in at number one. I assume. I don't know what <laughs> list you're talking about, even, but. Um, but speaking of E1, that's what we're here to talk about, actually. We wanted to kind of just dig into the E1 album the same way we've gone into a few other albums in the past. And I mean, like, if you guys want to ask me questions, I can answer any kind of questions about it. But otherwise, I can kind of just take a trip down memory lane on making this album and kind of revisit what we were thinking, I guess. Well, this is a, this is a treat for me because uh, the the E1 album... Uh, King, the King Dynasty, Rich God Saga, The Money Crusades uh, was certainly my favorite uh, album of the summer, if, if not the year. But like for sure, uh, this has been in heavy, heavy rotation um, on, my, on my phone and in, and in my earbuds. The number 14 um, podcaster on earth of the decade is saying this, and yet Pitchfork uh, notably did, decided not to review it. Uh, we know we know what we think of Pitchfork, but uh, but 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 genuinely though the uh, the 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 E One album like I was thinking about this the other day that like I really think like uh, the the songs you guys do on that album like fall into that category of like the the, the closest thing is the uh, the misbehaving song from Righteous Gemstones where it's like it's such a good perfect parody of like the of, of the thing it's trying to be that like it actually like surpasses that by becoming like a legitimately great song on its own, even though it's like making fun of something or it's like done as a joke, but it's done so well that it surpasses being satire into just being like a bop. Yeah. That's one of those things to me where like, if you want it to be funny, it also needs to be good. Cause if it's not good, then it's also not as funny. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The jokes, the jokes will shine better if the song's actually something you want to hear. <laughs> I mean, I guess like, uh, my question for you, Charles, is like, how? What was the genesis of the the NBA stupid ass uh, th- that artist? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I remember it was like, I mean, you know, we had done like twenty ish episodes of E One, and we were just kind of like trying to think. This is when I lived with Branson and Joel, so it was all three of us like living together, and just um, like I knew from the beginning that I wanted to do like a Pitchfork episode of E One. Um, and then we finally decided like, oh, we should do this like right now at some point. Um, and we wanted to have two very different songs to like include in the episode and review. So we did the one that was like seasonal depression candle, like the really twee acoustic guitar one. And then we're like, oh, we got to do like a rap. That's kind of like a Migos song or something. So that was just like that whole black Flanders came together in like one day, basically where, Felix had already done the episode uh, where he mentioned Black Flanders, like the cop whose son uh, was listening to Black Flanders on SoundCloud. So we were like, what if we just made that real? Because the idea is already so funny and he already brought it up in a previous episode. So it was like just, you know, it was like one Saturday or something where Joel just made the beat in the morning. I wrote the lyrics in the afternoon and then we recorded it that night and it was like, okay, cool. This is going on the next episode, you know? 
And this is when you one guys of the greatest are, songs of all time. <laughs> and this is when you guys are all living together. I mean, like maybe the fans don't know this, but you guys you guys shared an apartment um, in Wrigley Field, the famous Wrigley Field in Chicago, right? Yeah, just out there on the field. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they let you stay under the tarp when uh, the yeah. games the games weren't being played. But uh, like, yeah, when, that's some, that's some games, Chicago lore, though. Yeah, we would actually just crawl into a thing underneath the pitcher's mound and live down there when the game was going on. <laughs> it's like a Bugs Bunny situation where we dig up out of the dirt and we're eating a carrot, just like. Meh. Um, but like you, you mentioned, you uh, like it, it, you're going for sort of amigo sound, and like that that's certainly there with the sort of. I, I don't know what do you call it like the sort of like the B tracks where they repeat things, but but just oh, by exactly. yelling, yeah, just by just, yelling, like the ad libs, like, yeah, just the ad libs yeah. of just yelling the same stuff, like, and everything's like, like really triplety, like Migos, like da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, they do like the uh, the the triplet rhyming scheme, and then the the ad libs where like Quavo will say something like you know, uh, like that's what my mama told me, and then in the background you just hear mama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. one of the best Migos ones. Too. Mama, <laughs> mama. Um, but. uh Oh, another thing to say about that song is um, I'm very proud of the hook. Like that's like a Simpsons reference that came together perfectly of, um, you know, I'm not black, but I feel like black Flanders. I got the clip like Ann Landers. It's that episode of the Simpsons where um, Flanders has like the one drink and uh, Maude clips Ann Landers for him. And he's like, oh, Ann Landers wow. is an old bitty. So he's got the clip like Ann Landers, like that Simpsons episode. But also wow. I got the clip because I got a gun. Like, you know, I feel like Black Flanders. So I got the clip like Ann Landers. Black Flanders. Black Flanders. Black Flanders. I feel like Black See, I, I never put that together. Where, where Flanders says, you know, Ann Landers is a boring old bitty. And then she's like, I was more monster than man. I just thought it was yeah. referring to <laughs> a, a, Ann Landers like with, with that scrap, you know. At first I thought it was clit. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if she was well known for her uh, <laughs> having a clip. <laughs> she had a fucking having a had, big one. She had a fucking gumball down there. <laughs> <laughs> she would write about it constantly in in her uh, yeah yeah columns. Yeah, she wasn't boring. Actually, yeah, no, yeah. Ann Landers was actually the first American to acknowledge the existence of the clitoris. It was a huge, yeah. <laughs> it was a huge scandal at the time. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's like the one that really. Like that song was so well received when we put it out that that really set us on the track of doing songs routinely for E1. Um, and like, were, were there any other like uh, like artists or like the NBA stupid ass like persona that you were that you were going after or like uh, inspired by? I would say that first one was purely just thinking about Migas, and then every time since there's like sometimes we're putting another specific artist in there, and sometimes it's just kind of generic, I guess. I mean, I just um, think it's like it, like the the Migos thing, and uh, like that the, the, when I've played the song for people, like that's the one that that's the thing that they sort of like you know hitch on to. But I mean, I just think like the NBA stupid ass character is just I, I think of him as just sort of like an amalgamation of like like dozens of like teenage SoundCloud kids with like you know pink hair and face tattoos who like just drink cough yeah, medicine, who like just drink cough Especially medicine all day and like has somehow have like eight, 80 million listens or something like that. Yeah, that's definitely the idea within like E1 lore and the episodes to just combine all, amalgamate all that into like one character. There's definitely a lot of Lil Xan in there. I don't think we've actually used this joke yet, but I wanted to put it into a song that like he's got a like designer brand of fentanyl named after him. Just stuff <laughs> like that. Like there's just an unlimited amount of stuff you can do with that. So uh, Getting your name printed on the pills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man, imagine like uh, uh, pills, but like that are stamped with like like a black Flanders, like like a like a Simpsons face. It's actually him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Black Flanders, that was that was the first big single, but like you know, I believe you followed that up with you know French Stewart, which I think is like you know, oh yeah, an, definitely an even more accomplished uh, track. I think that's still my favorite one in terms of just actually being like catchy and fun to listen to. Like I, that's probably my favorite one on the album. Yeah, no, it, it's it's up there for me. I mean, I I, I have my favorites. Uh, French Stewart is, is is getting close there, but you know, I'm gonna put on my pitchfork hat and just say like the sonic architecture of French Stewart has like you know psychedelic sort of like clairvoyance and uh, energy. Expensive sweater, man, it's made out of sheep. Out of sheep. If I don't smoke K2 at night, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. Gucci gym shorts. Yeah, let me say. So here's the story behind French Stewart is that this dude who was like a fan of E1 just reached out to us. Um, saying like he can make us beats and I listened to them and I was like oh they're actually really good like I'll definitely like sure you can do it dude um, so he's like a guy whose name's Bobby his name on SoundCloud is placement without the vowels if you look him up but um, when I talked to him about this one I was like I want to do something that's fun and something that's kind of like um, like broccoli with dram and uh, yeah, yeah. so he was he gave me a couple of beats that were like sort of these more playful like upbeat things um, one of the ones we didn't use, he just sampled the Rugrats theme song. <laughs> and I was like, that's fucking hilarious, dude, but it's like too on the nose. We need something like more, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to have any like sample in it or anything. Rocco's but. Modern Life. Yeah. Something deeper. <laughs> yeah, I deeper mean, cuts, dude. Uh, but like, you know, in the chorus of that where it's like, uh, you know, it's just about smoking weed, you know? So like any song that, about that, you know. Like I, I, you know that that's that's basically what I look for in music is just references to um, getting high. Um, but like another another thing that you do that like I really like about contemporary rap music is where they just like when you say I'm smoking Ninja Turtles straight out the sewer. I like with like just like broccoli or anything where just any word that you can substitute in <laughs> yeah. for weed and like everyone has their if own thing. If it's green, yeah. If it's the green, sewer, or the Ninja Turtles are good because the sewer smells and weed smells. Yeah, and the turtles are green and it's green, so it's like, dude, holy shit. But also like the Ninja Turtles like are uh, honestly probably got a generation of kids hooked on drugs by just like portraying the stoner lifestyle in such a, you know, yeah, attra attractive way. Yeah. Living with a rat, <laughs> fucking just yeah. hanging with your boys all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's true, man. The, oh, the other good story about that. Uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of E1 people probably know this, but French Stewart listened to it and quote tweeted it saying that he loved it. So that was like some of the greatest prestige we've gotten for one of these songs. And that's great. Yeah, that because was incredible. That's, uh, you know, French Stewart has the famous like squinty eyes, you know, like he just. Exactly. Because you know, like Kush got me looking like French Stewart. Yeah, exactly. And he approved. That's a French Stewart approved message now. Who else do you need an endorsement from? Regis Philbin? Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Morrissey? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wish we could get um, Keats and Gym Class on Morrissey's radar. Maybe we should just change pace and talk about that one briefly. Um, we're leaving like the rap uh, paradigm here, but Keats oh, and Jim uh, classes. Keats and yeah. Yeah. The, the Smith's parody. It's one I wanted to do just because I feel like I could easily parody Morrissey's voice and I already play guitar like Johnny Marr does. So that's like two, the two important parts of the Smith's I could already parody easily. So I was like, let's just do one. Um, 
I mean, I would and say Branson. I would say Keats and Gym Class. You know, like I'm not like a, a huge uh, Smiths or, or Moz fan. I mean, I, I like some of their songs, but I mean, I will go out and live here and say that this is as good or better than most of their output. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, guitar true. guitar wise, I feel good about it. Where I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Johnny Marr right there. And then vocally, it was uh, the lyrics were written by Branson. <laughs> and originally there was just like tons and tons of, ver- I mean, he wrote twice as many lyrics as we actually put in the song, but it's already like almost four minutes. And we're like, we're not making this like a fucking eight minute song. So I cut tons of them. So I've, but, I, you uh, know, in all the times I've listened to Keats and gym class, I haven't actually been able to, it, you know, it's a little bit more inscrutable than NBA stupid us. So like I, I've had a hard true. time teasing out, you know, the, 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 the lyrics or the story there. I mean, I it just, it seems to involve being abused in gym class by the, uh, the teachers and um, yeah, older, it, older boys. I'd, yeah, I'd say it's basically just imagining like, what if Morrissey was trying to um, portray his own childhood of being a loser who gets picked on through the lens of like Keats? Because Morrissey loved doing that where his lyrics reference like Keats and Yeats and all these like British authors. <laughs> and like the idea of him just talking about being a child, just like being a little wiener that no one liked and trying to like mythologize it, you know? Yeah, like uh, like, you know, uh, you know, him being scared, uh, like alone and being like, mm, I feel like Mr. James. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this is such a quintessentially British experience. Yeah, yeah. At boarding school here with the lads. Did, uh, did Morrissey go to boarding school or was he just a, a regular school kid? I have no idea. It just yeah. seems like, in theory, he I would. I think every school there is a boarding school. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also yeah. everything from preschool to uh, PhD is called college. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, true. And, Kindergarten and is called college there. And public secondary school, college. And, pu- and, and public schools in England are the ones that are like the super elite. Like, that's like private school in America. What, what gives you that? Like, if you're yeah, in England. And you say, I went to public school. They invented it. (laughs) Like in England, if you say, I went to public school, that's like saying that you're like, like the poshest lad imaginable. That's it's ideal. Yeah. We're striving toward it. Um, Let's see what else. Maybe Uh, I'm trying to look at the track list. Well, I was going to say my, my, my personally, my favorite uh, NBA stupid ass song is uh, I wish the money changed me because like that to me has has a like a like a melancholy to it that I, I really love and just the the uh, essential message of uh, like yeah where rappers are always like you know like this you know this money's never gonna change me I'm still gonna be the same person but just someone who uh, hates who they are and has gotten rich and they're like fuck <laughs> I wish I was a different person but uh, the line that really killed me in that one when I first heard it was a uh, still writing fan letters to August Ames. It's like yeah. this, this, this this sense of uh, of sadness in the song where it's like you're you're still the same person, still rich, sad, and sleepy, but you're still writing fan letters to a dead porn star. It's <laughs> that's, just, how he, uh, that's like an example of how he never changes. You know, he yeah. knows he should stop, but he can't. And uh, you know, um, birthday party at Hooters wasn't the same. My favorite waitress had class that day. Actually, Charles, let me ask you this: Could you talk a bit about um, how like how Hooters? the establishment of figures in the E1 uh, canon, because it does come up quite a bit. I don't know. I don't think there's anything to even explain about it. It's just, you know, it's just worth talking It's an talking inherently about. very funny restaurant. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's like having your birthday party there is awesome. And having a favorite waitress is especially funny. 
There's a convergence there. And the fact that she there. had class that day is like, you know, how old is she? You start to get a little nervous, like, hmm. She's in college. Uh, British <laughs> meaning. Yeah, she, so yeah that she's in be- British college. British college. She's five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the reference to Andy Richter. Um, props to Dan. <laughs> Dan uh, deserves props for that one too, because I feel like it's the stupidest thing that we've ever made him do. Um, as someone who actually has like credibility in a cool band, I'm glad that he was willing to um, sing about uh, birthday party at Hooters and stuff for the hook. So. Yeah, that 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 rules. Um, yeah, no, I don't think I'd, I'd ever been to Hooters until I visited Branson and Alana in uh, Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect place to <laughs> and, go. And, well, to you know, Hooters. like I've since been back and gone to the same Hooters in the Har- Harrah's Casino. No, not wait, no, uh, the, no, <laughs> not Harrah's. That's the nice one, uh, the Trop, which is lovingly referred to by locals as the Slop. <laughs> Did you get any Hooterade while you were there? Uh, no, no, no. We just got like pictures of beer or whatever. What's the, what's the Hooterade? Is that like some alcoholic punch or whatever? Yeah. It's like their house. Um, I don't know their house mixed drink or something. I don't, you know, we need Aaron to explain it. Cause I'm pretty sure that Aaron actually got that while he was there with Branson, but there's a weird the convergence with Mikey miles and how often uh, Hooters comes up. Is he a frequent, um, patron of that establishment? Yeah, it's the only uh, restaurant he goes to. <laughs> he walks like two That's hours. Because like to go I, there. I know where Mikey Miles lives. He lives in like Washington Heights. He lives in like way, way like Upper Manhattan. And like, I, I like, is, are there Hooters in New York City? Like, are there? Is there one in Midtown? Maybe there's one in Midtown. I don't okay, know. Oh, so yeah, okay, I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. So like, so he walks from probably I would guess like about 180th Street to uh, Times Square. To, uh, to, to see to see his favorite angels or like the the women he's stalking probably to take photos of them where he's doing the hover hands thing yeah yeah well, um, I can't believe me... that restaurant's still open weren't there articles about like millennials killing it or whatever yeah but I think it's got to like it's got to be like boomers who go on vacation to New York City and they don't know what to do so they go to Hooters and like Bubba Grump, Gump Shrimp Co and shit uh, like but like it's something about Hooters like. If you're on vacation with your, like, do people take their families to Hooters? Like, is, <laughs> that, is that de- deeply embarrassing? Like, I don't know. Because it's like, you know, like the whole thing about it is that it's just like almost a strip club, kind of. Yeah. It's oh. a family, it's a family friendly strip club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it's what like, it is. <laughs> it's like, they it's will like, let anyone of any age in there. <laughs> yeah, I went to like, one when I was a kid, when I, uh, my dad's friend who was rich took us to a basketball game. And we went to Hooters, just I, me and that guy and my dad. No, like, yeah. I, <laughs> just the guys. That would have been mortifying to me at that age, to, to be at a Hooters with my dad. That's like, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. So here's yeah, my takeaway. You hate Alex, to think about Alex, it. Alex, me, like, my takeaway of you um, and your parents from this show so far is that you went to Hooters with your dad and you went to Spencer's Gifts with your mom at the mall. And that's all I know about your parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're both very normal. They're much less weird than that would imply. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess like the, uh, the 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 other the other you know the real banger like probably like you know the breakout my opinion song of the summer is uh, "Spring Break Summer." That's the NBA stupid ass and then Brian Brantley collaboration. And you know oh, this yeah, is like the new. Sure. Like the the rap country hybrid, very hot right now. Like you know, Lil Nas X and 
you know, Bronco Brown or like there's, there's a couple of these artists now that are doing sort of like, yeah, yeehaw, like like rap music. It's funny that we did this right before Lil Nas X. Like he that was like it. a good timing kind of thing. Yeah, he stole it from us. We should sue the shit out of him. But um, the one he was like, the first person to take it from um, like to come at it from the rap perspective. That's like, exactly to get right. Country yeah. into rap in a way that's not like. There have been like black artists that do that where they're like, I'm the country rapper, but it's like they're yeah. so uncool. It's always the opposite. And it's also, so the guy, like in the same way that Black Flanders was just trying to think about Migos, this song was pretty much exclusively thinking about Florida Georgia Line. And that's what they do is it's just these like country guys, but they always have a, like half their fucking songs have a lyric like, hey, we listen to uh, T-Pain also. We listen to Drake, but we also <laughs> listen to George Strait, you know? See, I know I, I'm not familiar at all with Florida, Florida Georgia Line. And I'm assuming like the, the band name refers to like the state line between Georgia and Florida. Yeah. So it's two guys and one of them is from Georgia and one of them's from Florida. So you can imagine how they thought of their I name. was going to say country like- Country guys are so bad at that. Like- <laughs> Montgomery Gentry is <laughs> that's just two guys last names but it sounds like the most racist thing of all time exactly right <laughs> it's like it's like calling your band slave owners <laughs> I was just gonna say though I mean you know uh you know east coast elite here but uh I was gonna say the the Florida Georgia state line may be the shittiest part of America I don't know just gonna th- <laughs> just gonna throw it out there but the, uh, the rich musical tradition coming out of there inspired this song of, I was listening to all their songs and it's funny to me, like just from a songwriting perspective, every single Florida Georgia line song I was looking at, they just choose four really simple chords and repeat it the entire way. All they change is just like the vocal part and the arrangement, but it's literally the same chords forever. So that's what we did on this one, where it's just, it's kind of just a loop, but then we built around that to make like hook to hook. Girl, you like a beer, I wanna drink you right up. Pop your top off while I'm driving my truck. Drank 30 bud lights for I got behind the wheel. But girl, I'm only swerving cause the way you make Well, yeah, no, there's like, there's, yeah, there's a couple like small verses in it, but it's mainly just, yeah, the, the, the chorus, which is, again, when I, when I first, uh, I think it was like, uh, Branson or Alana played me that track before you guys. I got a little like exclusive listening, and the uh, the chorus honestly like made me laugh so hard I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. And yeah. <laughs> with the, the about drinking and driving and shit. And the other thing I like I love about Spring Break Summer is that it's a uh, such a like a, a genuinely like upbeat party song that you know it's it's a bop, but like the lyrics are super depressing. Yeah, I think um, the the highest honor that anyone gave this song was that the first time uh, Nick heard it, like a Juchi man on Twitter, uh, he listened to it on YouTube. And when the whistling came in at the beginning, he was like, I thought it was an ad. It was so annoying. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. That is exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I mentioned my experiences playing uh, these songs for, you know, people who aren't familiar with uh, episode one or NBA yeah. Stupid Ass. And uh, I played Spring Break Summer for uh, Catherine's younger brother, who I guess was like, he's like 17, 18 years old. He's like 6'5", varsity athlete. Like he's the kind of kid that would like, like would bully you if you were in high school with him. And uh, he, uh, like, you know, he, he basically exclusively listens- pick listen- on Morrissey. Yeah, he would, he would be beating up Morrissey in gym class. And like, he exclusively listens to like Chief Keef and like, you know, like, like hard, like rap music, like, you know- like scary shit. And, you know, like he's, he's, he, he's way more into the streets than I am. Like, you know, he's, he's, he was putting me on to stuff that I like never heard of. 
and like Zach Brown band. So <laughs> we were driving in the car when I was visiting her uh, back home in Wisconsin and I, I put on that spring break summer and he was like, he was feeling it. Like he was, nice. I, I play, I think I played uh French Stewart first and he was like, he, I don't think he was really feeling it. He didn't quite get it. He was like, what is this? Just like Migos or something. But spring break summer, he was like, I, you know, I think he would put that on at a party, you know? Oh man. Yeah. There we go. It's like, that's, that's the what most I mean. important it's, cosine. Yeah, it's got, it's got the convergence. Like, you know, it's like the, the streets, the streets and the gym classes know about NBA stupid ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that one was fun. We're definitely going to have to do another like Bryden Brantley pop country banger in the future. I would love another Bryden Brantley uh, uh, anthem, but uh, I, just to move on quickly from uh, NBA stupid ass to uh, the other rap song in the album that is not NBA Stupid Ass that I think is maybe the worst thing ever created by any human being, like up there with like the, <laughs> up there with like the atom bomb, like of like okay, lyrical cookout by the Lexa Contrarians. This is like I love listening to the NBA Stupid Ass songs, but like I have to like test myself to see how much of lyrical cookout I can take. Yeah, I was. Yeah, it's, it's not as like, pleasant. <laughs> mixing that one like I had to listen to Felix's part a bunch of times in a row when I was mixing it and I was fucking mad you know like I was just like I fucking hate this guy like what the why did he do this to us you know yeah no Felix um, I know I know he like he specifically set out to create a verse that was like like just cursed like the worst thing ever created and and honestly again it's another triumph because it achieves that perfectly and it is that uh that genre of rap music that's like that like indie like backpack rap music that existed in like the late 90s early aughts that's like probably the most embarrassing phase of music i was ever like into was that like you know yeah like uh conscious lyrical rap music horseshit yeah. and it's I just think like too there's another felix connection in the fact that a lot of that came out of like minneapolis of all places where it's just oh, like, like all like, these white guy backpack yeah, rappers. Yeah, yeah, like and, Atmosphere and uh, shit like that. Or like Sage, Tra Sage Francis. Why, like, and, yeah. yeah, Felix was made to like make fun of that shit. Makes um, me a labor tyrant with amazing timing. Streaming and crying with ninja and cypher. But no end words because the TOS is frightening. So let's freeze it or revive it before my meat tenderizes. Because if the fleece is surprising, I can't imagine a Where was Conan Linguist from? So let's survive with the livest. I don't know. Jeff, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was there. Was it one of the I beefing with one of those guys. Yeah, no, the, the the cunning linguist guy. Uh, no, he he got into some real shit on on, or he was just arguing with people on Twitter, and then people found his lyrics, and it was like one of his lyrics was literally he said, "I'm the Talcum Malcolm," like I'm. He's literally saying, "I'm the white Malcolm X." <laughs> Hell <Jesus> yes. <laughs> and like you know, like oh god, who was he beefing with on Twitter? Was it you, Alex, or just people were I making? Think I forget who it was, but I, I remember just replying to him like, "The name of your band is Cunning Linguists." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like you don't get to make fun of anyone. You don't get to <laughs> retort when you have that band name. It doesn't even make sense because it's like they thought linguists means someone who writes things, like a poet, and not someone yeah, who studies. Who studies? Language. Yeah, studies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah, it's like self-refuting. 
Yeah. I, I fuck. I never, <laughs> it's not very yeah, I don't know what the word means. <laughs> it's, it's fucking nonsense. No, but like. It's I, so dumb. And I know I remember when that happened. I can I, I forget what the genesis this was, but I remember like listening to some cunning linguist art tracks. And I remember I never listened to them. That, that would have been way too embarrassing. But like I remember being aware of them when I was in that like backpack rap phase. And the fact that they're still around is incredible. But I listened to a couple of their songs and they are. Oh, dog shit. It's just like there was this this period in rap music where like it was like a reaction against like uh like the South really blowing up and like uh, guys like Juvenile and like Master P like really becoming like a dominant force in rap music and there was just like like rap nerds who were just like mm, like this isn't lyrical at all. So they tried to like yeah. swing in completely the opposite direction of just like just just vomiting up like the worst like just like the the more syllables you can throw in and just b- big words and like i have the comp all these like my metaphors and complex rhyming schemes and like it's all just so bad so fucking dumb dude like it's funny yeah you're totally right that like they thought they were doing like well it's correct like okay juvenile's music obviously is stupid i mean his name's juvenile of course it's like dumb content but it's fun then they thought like oh we're gonna make really smart music but smart music doesn't mean just using huge words like Music always it's needs to dumb, be conversational. Guys. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's too dumb to know what's smart. Like smart music is using conversational language, but in an interesting way. Or like if you think of juvenile, like you know, like one of his like first big tracks that broke out was like uh, "Ha," where like every line in the song is he just goes "Ha" nah, at the end of it. So it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like not even really rhyming. But like, but the song is actually brilliant because it's like it, it's not about like you know how complicated what you're saying is it's like it's like how you're saying it and how original it is and like yeah exactly you know like like he that's what he, most he had a sound music that was, is in yeah, general he had a sound that was like totally different and and unique and like the whole new orleans thing like and yeah so like they yeah, had like the the pendulum swing in the other direction and the the lexa contrarian thing is just produced so much bad music again mostly by yeah like like really try hard white kids yeah, so like a little story behind recording that song is like we knew we were going to do that song already and we had started writing those verses, but then when we were in New York for the first like E1 New York show, I guess like last December, um, we already had the beat and Felix came over and was hanging out with us and we were just watching a bunch of like Tom McDonald and really terrible shit on YouTube and it was just like working us all into a frenzy and we were just like so mad about it. That like we had Felix just spit his verse right there, because we were like it's gonna be easier to get him on the track now anyway while we're in New York, right? So we just had him do like a one take of his verse, and that was really like the start Damn. of doing that song. Damn, Felix is like he's like Jay Z, you know, he just gets in the studio, yeah, exactly. he gets he and goes one take every time, yep. one take, and then That's- he said he immediately deleted the lyrics off of every place. Like <laughs> he he did, he's just like was so embarrassed of having that on his phone. If anyone could somehow find it, that it's the lyrics are completely gone now. <laughs> and like the, the the other thing that Electric Contrarians track uh, gets exactly right is the intensely nasal voices of all that genre. Oh God! Yeah, and you exactly. know uh, Felix is 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 truly cursed. But uh, underrated verse on that track is uh, Andrew's verse. Ooh, or agreed, like, dude. I was gonna bring that up if you didn't. Where it's just like it has that whole like you know my dad told me I'd be a shy guy, but like you know like, yeah. what was it like? <laughs> the single just, best line is "See, I wasn't a bad kid. I just didn't want to do the things my dad did." <laughs> yeah, that that's that kind of Eminem so shit. Fucking but like, dumb. Oh. Yeah, it just makes me so yeah. mad. Eminem gave so many guys permission to rap. Yeah, he just yeah. opened the door for so many people, and none of them were good. Let me see. Uh, jump into other songs here. 
at least one more story I want to include is that um, for the last song on the album with a super long title, like the the uh, instrumental post rock song, uh, the idea of that one was to like kind of start building a real song and then just shit all over it, which I think turned out really good. Like it kind of had to be the last song on there because it's like it's harder to do instrumental comedy than it is to do lyrical comedy. Which is why it's worth doing, because it's different, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is hard to do comedy without uh, words. <laughs> yeah, but I think I really I like that song, because we had Branson come into like an actual studio and play piano. Obviously, he's never touched an instrument in his life. So the first half of the song is just Branson playing piano over an almost real song and just completely ruining it. And then the second half, we got everyone from Wolf Parade to just play terrible parts over it. And I know Dan said that like when they were recording that, it was when they were at a studio like working on pre-production stuff for their new album that's going to come out uh, in January. And um, their manager had actually stopped by that day just to like see what they were up to. And their manager like showed up and they're all just like playing off key and doing all this really terrible shit for the E1 song. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what are you guys recording? They're like, oh, nothing. And they just like didn't explain to him what it was. The rock. So I, I love that story of, uh, yeah, that guy's probably just very worried about the direction they're taking. Oh, what's the uh, what's the song you guys did? I don't know if it made the cut to the album, but the 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 uh, Branson's parody of uh, like Folsom Prison Blues. Oh, that one is on the album actually. It's, oh, right, um, Alcatraz, Alcatraz Bikini, Bikini Summer. Okay, Alcatraz yeah, I really Bikini like that Summer one too. Yeah, that to me is the most uh, Branson influenced uh, uh, song on the album. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely into Johnny Cash, and that was a good one to have Branson sing too. Like, I like how that turned out. Uh, but what about the uh, like the the Brooklyn Eventuallys? Is that just like a kind of? I mean, the name kind of says it all. Is this is just like the catch-all for just sort of twee indie rock of any any variety? Yeah, exactly. In the same way that Bryden Brantley is going to continue to be like the pop country catch-all, the Brooklyn Eventuallys are going to be the catch-all for any kind of like indie rock or you know whatever. I'm definitely. I I guarantee that all the artists who appear on here will probably be something we use again. You know. Even the lexicontrarian. <laughs> Actually, I don't know about that one. It's hard to it's hard to do another one in that vein. You Maybe those guys are that? dead. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no. Sure. No, you should like. And then that, again, that was another feature of that terrible era of rap music is like posse cuts with like eight people on it who all suck ass. Exactly. Yeah. And there's like, no just, like, you know, like nothing yeah, like, good to just, hang on just to. Just featuring like just like a fucking uh, just phalanx of different awful verses where like, oh, it's actually, just we ever got um, in the episode with that song. I don't think we even mentioned all that. We actually each had an individual rapper names and they're all like wisdom, miraculous, <laughs> um, Oh, I can't even remember. Oh, Caustic Truth is one of them. Just all these really <laughs> fucking terrible <laughs> names, dude. Oh, man. This remember is taking... Nerdcore? Oh, man. Remember it... that like brief uh, like two-year period where there were Nerdcore rappers? What are like some of the biggest and examples? It was like semi-accepted. There was, um, I think MC Chris was the big one. Uh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, I, I just remember him being associated with like Adult Swim, basically. God, just like... And uh... then there were guys whose names were like... Just more outright Nintendo shit. <laughs> Power Glove. They would just, yeah, like shit like that. God. I don't oh, know what man. happened to those guys. Oh, man. This is like, this is causing, like, this this rap music, it's like, it's causing me a uh, sort of like a, a Proustian reverie here. And I remember back to the fact that I, God, this is so embarrassing. I saw, um, he, he was on the bill. I wasn't going, I, I, it must be clear, I wasn't going to see him specifically. But, 
I did see a mortal technique in concert on the <laughs> on, on the night that America started bombing Iraq in 2003. <laughs> That's a hell of a story. Dude. <laughs> and he addressed it on stage and he was just like, you know, like these leaders, fuck them. They're not our leaders. We're going to get through this shit. <laughs> uh, immortal technique's another good example of a guy who like thinks he's much smarter than he is. Wouldn't this shit be fucking crazy, dude? Like all his songs are about like, this should be crazy if it was this way, man. Um, just like conspiratorial shit. Yeah, like he's always like he just started smoking weed and thought <laughs> about society. Like yeah. for his whole life. But he did beat up Lin-Manuel Miranda. I was going to say, I, I give him a pass pretty yeah, much that's for, really for that. Right. Like I just think like I, I, I still have respect for him. And uh, for posting Dorner on the timeline yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say, that was like pretty nutty for, like, <laughs> to do that. Like, it's not like he uh, has any right-wing fans or whatever. Well, actually, maybe. I can imagine a lot of, like, libertarian guys listening to him. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I think your story about uh, that Immortal Technique show also highlights to me in general how, like, everyone feels like the world's gotten a lot stupider, but I think the world was always really stupid. It's just more evident now. Like, you can see it more clearly online. Yeah. But everything was always stupid, right? And seeing Immortal Technique on the night that the bombing of Iraq began is an example of just how just the world's just dumb, right? Like everything <laughs> yeah. just like fits together in this meaningless stupid way and everything's dumb. Like that's just how it always was. Yeah, no, I guess like it's like the stupidity of like an earlier era was just more kind of like siloed in 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 it was sort of like more compartmentalized whereas now thanks to the social media and the internet, it's just like it's all one big toilet that we're all sitting in. Yeah, that's definitely how I see it. Yeah, most people didn't find out about the dumbest shit going on because it wasn't on the news. Yeah, exactly. But now we know about every stupid thing that goes on in the world and it's shoved in our face over and over. Well, as long as we're talking about um, you know, shit that's going on in the world, should we talk about the, uh, the political track on, on the record? Yeah, I think that's the way to go here. Politics in America. I mean, we're going back to NBA Stupid Ass, but like, you know... I like I like that uh, you know NBA Superdust like has you know maybe dipped his toe into like you know talking about issues, you know not just talking about like doing painkillers and feeling sad. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons to feel sad in the world other than you know having too much money and drugs. Yeah, exactly. I think this one was made right around the time that like Kanye put out that single that was really absolutely horrible. Um, he did the one with T.I. that was terrible, but it was also just in general, it was like when Kanye was into his like pro-Trump phase. Um, and that was like the, the thing that kind of made me want to do it. But then I think that Child Childish Gambino put out his political song like around the same time too. Oh yeah, This Is America. Just, like, dovetailed. An another, yeah, real yeah. another really shitty song, by the way. Yeah, everyone like wanted to believe that it was really profound just by virtue of it wanting to be profound, I guess. It's like if no you, one's mentioned that in forever. Well, I yeah, mean, it's exactly. just it's yeah. pretty forgettable. I mean, just naming a song like, what is it? This is America. Like, I mean, come on. That was exactly why I thought like Politics in America is a good song title. It's yeah, just like, damn, yeah. dude, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I sometimes forget about this one because it's not like as much of a banger as the other ones, but I think there's some definitely good jokes in it. Um, and just the main the main hook, the idea of being in a DM with Trump is like so funny. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm in the I'm in a DM with Trump. I'm in a DM with Trump. Trump. I'm in a DM with Trump. I'm in a group DM with President Donald Trump. Trump at 
Like it's just that being a status symbol and also just kind of like imagining how inane a DM with Trump would actually be. Like the I wonder, do you think he's ever in the DMs? Like I would he might not it, be because I don't know. Like the, the, I mean, it's funny to think because like, I mean, he just tweets out whatever he's thinking, but I would like it if like the ultimate kind of like MAGA status symbol would be like, if you knew like Trump's like secret, like locked alt account where he like just does the, yeah. re- the real gems, you know? Like his true it's all uncensored like thoughts. Yeah. All the sycophants are like Ben Shapiro's trying to get a follow back from the all. Yeah, yeah. And- no, that'd be great. Like, yeah, like uh, Shapiro and all those clowns are like are, are thirsty to get into like the uh, the ultra elite Trump DM, but it's all just like guys like Bo Deedle and like Bill Mitchell, like, yeah. like like his sort of like you know uh, like tri-state area shithead type type yeah, figures. Yeah, those are the original all like, shithead. Yeah, guys, exactly. Yeah. The day ones, practically but, apolitical, just so like stupid and. Just, just, and just stupid and, and mean and arrogant. Yeah, just like yeah, ig- those are the real good guys. Just like ignorant about everything, but like they just their default political setting is like America, baby. If you fuck with us, yeah. we'll fucking kill you. Number one. If Trump had friends, those are the guys who would be his real friends. You know. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I would love to see like a Soprano style show about him and all his friends, and he's the smartest one. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah, guys like Bo Deedle, you could definitely make that work. Bo Deedle, that guy Wayne Allen Root, just these like D tier like talk radio grifters who have been on like who've been fucking with Trump like since you know The Apprentice, you know. Yeah. Totally. And now like are they, all these fucking all these crabs like Ben Shapiro and fucking you know uh, Dave Rubin and all these people are just trying to like fucking they need to certainly like, trying to get on his dick and they're he's just like nah fuck off, you're not getting in the DM. Yeah, those those people want to believe that. Trump is more ideological than he is. At his core, he's just completely devoid of any compass that lines up to any ideology, really, you know? That's why guys like Bo Deedle are the perfect people for him, because it's just random grifters and shit. Like, I mean, those guys are like pro-cop, pro, you know, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. They don't really have any kind of ideology or like They're attracted to center. like big, dumb authority figures. Yeah. Like, totally. gen- genetically. But there's really nothing there, like <laughs> You could convince all of those type of guys to have like universal health care, right? Like if you just frame it the right way, they're for it. They don't really have any kind of like thoughts on government one way or another or any of that kind of shit. No, not at all. Uh, should we should we talk, should we transition? Should we talk a little bit about the uh, the, the the current world of uh, the rap game and politics? Yeah, this is a perfect thing to just kind of get into something different here. Uh, while we're talking about political rap. Uh, we would be remiss not to comment on this phenomenon that's sweeping the internet right now, uh, the MAGA Challenge. I don't know, Alex, do you want to sort of explain the MAGA Challenge briefly? So this was a hashtag where people rap over this one song. It's like they use the hook of this one song this guy posted about Trump, and then they just rap over the instrumental part. And it's just like, it's people who have never heard rap before. And like Trump said, he was gonna judge, like judge it like a competition. Oh, and the winner would but get invited to the White did. House. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he always just lie about that stuff constantly? Like he's had dozens of contests where no one actually got invited. Yeah, they, there was a thing recently where uh, he would email his email list, like uh, sign up for whatever this is, and you'll be entered in a raffle to have lunch with Trump. And like no one ever had lunch with. Him. <laughs> It would yeah. cost him like twenty dollars, and he just still didn't do it. It's so quintessentially Trump. Like you gotta love him for that stuff. It's so fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, because if if everyone thinks they lost, like 
no one's going to complain. <laughs> um, he knows that his supporters are just little worms and he treats them like that and they love it. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's why like like when people are like 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 liberals are like you know how can anyone stand for this like obvious charlatan and like he just everything he says is a lie everything about him is fake like you know he has nothing but contempt for like everyday people like these slobs who vote for him but like i think that's part of the appeal is like if if you're a slob if you're like an average american slob and you see politicians who are constantly talking about how good this country is and how good its people are and how we can rise above and be better and like, you know, do great things like, you know, they're full of shit. That's inauthentic yeah, exactly. because you know you're a piece of shit. You know you're not going to be any better. You know you're the, Trump supporters. You don't, they're all just a bunch of little pay pigs. Well, it's just you. Like, they they know that they're shit, and like they, the honest politician will to, uh, sort of lift them up in a way by, like I said, giving them kind of permission to be pieces of shit. But yeah, absolutely. But like, still acknowledging that, like, no, like we're yeah, like, like we, we don't deserve to like we would be good or like have nice things or anything. Like yeah, like uh, we'll never be rich like Trump because we don't deserve it. Yeah, exactly. We'll just kind of let it burn and trigger the libs while we're at yeah, it. exactly. But I hope one day I have the honor of staying in a Trump hotel. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, exactly. exactly. That, that's the cap on Alex. That's exactly right. That is the cap on their aspiration is to like play at a Trump golf course or stay in one of his shitty hotels. It's definitely a kind of like triumph of cultural politics over material real politics, right? Like just it's like yeah, he's uplifting our culture of shittiness kind of. Yeah, exactly. And like when 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 like fake like liberal politicians or even like, you know, Republicans of an early era would would yeah, try to speak to our better angels or whatever or yeah, like have some sort of uh inspirational or aspirational qualities uh, people instinctively know it's bullshit because they know that we don't have any better angels. It's just nothing but demons, top yeah, to bottom. Yeah, for sure. Um, but Alex, um, on that note, <laughs> no. Well, I was going to just say, like, uh, the interesting thing about the MAGA challenge is that, like, again, it's a lot of like, um, yeah, like bewildered, I, like some of them very young, but also like uh, it's it's other very young or very old bewildered white people doing this rap thing. Like and like the message of a lot of them seems to be is like how can I be racist when like this rapper likes Trump and and I like Trump too, and Alex like I, I thought of your article that you did for Outline a while ago about like the entire sort of sub subgenre of conservative entertainers doing rap songs, and the thing you pointed out in that that was so eerie was that like there's a real like there's sort of a get out phenomenon going on here where they're like all these people hate and fear black people but they also really want to be them in a very strange way. It makes for this like very odd, just sort of dichotomy or juxtaposition here psychologically. Yeah. Like if, if a black person is like, well, I'm racist too. You can say the N word. They will like shower them with praise and like, they will rock it to the top of the movement, like Candace Owens or whoever. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, you just have to give these little concessions and they will be all over you. But if you don't make the concessions, they hate you. So uh, let's listen to some of these uh, these magrafs. Yeah, let's. Oh yeah, start these are bops. With, um, let's start like like you were saying, Will. It's like very young or very old, like white people. So let's start with a very young one, then go to a very old one here. I'm a maga kid. I'm a maga kid. I'm here to blow up the liberals' list. School shootings, put fires, and vaccines. Today it is really hard to be a teen. Now listen up, Greta, this message is for you. We are warriors of God and we're praying for you. How dare you? How dare you? Spread fear with your ego, but the truth is where we go. Our human rights come from God, not government. Brainwash puppet, you 
are now in the game. Unity and peace is our prize. We hold our president way up high. Like an eagle, we will take flight. In God we trust. Mega kids fight. In God we trust. Mega kids fight. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. just some great shit right off the bat. Um, um, that's one of the more popular that's ones. They're Greta. Well, uh, when when I first heard it, when she addresses Greta, I thought she was referring to Greta Van Susteren of Fox News, who sometimes uh, doesn't completely toe the sort of Sean Hannity line. But then I realized she must be talking about Greta Thunberg, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and in the beginning, when she she lists off like the things that make it hard to be a teen today, and it was like school shootings, vaccines, and what was vaccines. the third one? What was the third one? I couldn't. I, I couldn't quite make it out. It was unintelligible. I think but fires. I think she fires? said fires. Okay, maybe she's from California. Yeah, All these None fire of those things are particular to <laughs> teens. <laughs> these fires are making it hard to be yeah, a teen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> teens <laughs> haven't developed their fireproof skin coating yet. Um, the other thing that God, I think can you imagine, can you imagine like in, like someone like this making like a, a teen drama for TV and one of the episodes is about like oh I got to get my vaccines but like how do I tell them I don't want to get vaccinated? What vaccines are there for teenagers? For teens, I guess you have to get a tetanus <laughs> yeah. one every ten years. You might have to get uh, yeah, no. one tetanus shot during your teens. Well, yeah, no, you know, yeah, sometimes you, they give the HPV vaccine HPV, to people, yeah. but that's optional. Yeah, that's true. You can just say no. Uh, wow. Um, the other thing that's interesting about this video, uh, I mean, like just to sort of talk about the look of it is that, okay, so it's like this teenage girl and she's sort of like marching in place in this very halting jerky style and she's standing in front of an American flag, but, but like, it's like almost like behind that is like a spotlight or something. Like it's just washed out and like totally white. Like the glare on the video has, has made it like almost completely... Uh, just yeah. like just like a white screen. Yeah, I think that's, it's like inside a tent or something. <laughs> the quality of the video is like aesthetically matched to the quality of the rap. You know, it's it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, no, it's very good. I mean, like, uh, I, I like you know she she had a couple good bars in there about you know liberals acting strange, but like now the magazines are in the game. But like I think her flow needs a little work. Like it was a little oh, like, yeah. kind of halting, you know, very like stop and start. She wasn't really on yeah. beat, you know? That would barely pass in the 80s. It was a little 80s like, magazines are here to say. Yeah. The liberals are very gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised you haven't seen more of that from like, Trump conservatives of like, we're going to start calling like Barney the dinosaur gay again. That's going to make the liberals mad. It does make them mad though. That's the interesting thing. It's true. Yeah. That's why they should, they, it seems like they should be doing that more like Ben Shapiro or somebody like that needs to go down that route. All right. Uh, let's, let's, what's the next one? Let's play some of these. What? God. At least this guy can like oh, stay on beat. Yeah. Yeah. Red Pill 78. Is that like his his handle or something? I think that's the guy he watches on YouTube. Oh, okay, it could be. God, that's so funny. <laughs> Wait, what? That's such a cool, Wait, that's what? an amazing understanding what? of socialism right there. I would love to that's hear him explain that. Yeah, no. That's so that's cool. socialism Wait, okay, is, so he's saying, so he's promising saying, welfare and then taking it <laughs> away. No, that's Clintonism. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's, 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 so that's, that's Bill cool. Clinton. Oh, my God. Whoa. 
man. This isn't the Wait, this challenge. isn't this isn't rap. Yeah, he's just using someone else's hook. It's not even the right song. Let me skip ahead to one of skip, the other ones. Skip, skip the shit. Skip the shit. Oh, this one's just <laughs> oh, a racist guy doing it as a oh, joke. Oh man. Yeah. Okay, this looks like Tommy Chong doing this right now. He's sitting sideways on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> the lid's down, but still. Sitting sideways, great rap song, by the way. Paul Wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paul Wall, classic. Yeah, boys in a daze. Dude, Paul Wall doesn't get enough credit as being like one of the best white rappers of all time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure now he just runs his grill business and yeah. sells people grills and like makes like a living. I mean, not even white rappers. Paul of Wall weight, is too. just one of the one of the best rappers of that era. Period. Yeah, that was like the peak of uh, Houston. Houston, yeah. Mike Jones and Slim Thug and all that. Slim Thug was fucking great too. Got the Slim Thug song that sampled the um, NFL on Fox theme song that was about the Houston uh, Texans. It's so good. Okay, this guy is just nodding to the music. <laughs> he's just not. <laughs> Oh, here's where he starts oh, here rapping. Moving in the to Jerusalem, we now see. It's capital of Israel. Spread the word to world and tell. End of days are being fulfilled. No blood, oh no blood will be spilled. For a man to come of Persia, DC claims only to Kershaw. So let's gather with Yoshua, given to us by Jehovah. The king will be upon us, dropped to my knees and put some moss. The power, the glory, and honor, the earth and kingdom upon her. Shining out of Jerusalem, open the gates, here we all come, forever and forevermore. The righteous along with the pure rock bond. Okay. So he's on some uh, Israel all right, so, shit Yeah, here. this is like, a, this guy looks like a guy who's like a completely broken down old hippie who, you know, I don't know. Got strung <laughs> out, cleaned up, and then is now really into Israel and like Bible code shit. And, uh, and as Alex pointed out, he is rapping in a bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got another verse to spit. Yeah, he hasn't got a haircut in like 20 years. I also like, like the. Trying uh, to air drum to it. Yeah. Uh, I also like that the point of, of this version of the song is just like, bring on the apocalypse. Can't wait. Oh, okay. This one's. Yeah. Part, yeah. <laughs> I've been mad since the ride on the escalator. All those other candidates I said, see you later. Move to San Antonio to work on Project Alamo. Everyone said Donald's gonna lose. How could I not know? Well, we won 306 back What is Project Alamo? Pennsylvania. Pepperidge I don't know. Farm remembers. Promises made, promises Pepperidge made. Farm? Pepperidge Farm remembers. Pepperidge, Pepperidge Farm remembers. There's some very deep cut, like, yeah. references here. Stopping this MAGA-loving fob. Just kidding, Asian joke. I was actually this born here. I worked fob. in digital, data, email, advertising, peer-to-peer. -peer. I didn't walk away. Wait, wait no way. This guy works in tech. I work in, I work in digital <laughs> advertising. Cool. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look that up on Genius to get some of those references, man. Who was the original artist who like did the beat that they're all like the song they're all referencing? I don't know. If you sent me some extra maga stuff, I wouldn't get that. Twenty twenty is coming, and it's time to keep America great. I look forward to inauguration. Not tired of winning, boys. Can't wait. Bryson Gray. He's a, a black guy whose thing is wearing a giant maga hat. 
like a giant novelty one. Oh, cool! That's awesome, actually. Reject socialism. They wanna be taken care of, cradle to grave. They always look to the state. They wanna be a slave. Dead chains, can't you see them? They ain't believing. Insidious reasons. This guy's going in. grieving. Agenda 2030. They wanna sustain control. Y'all that hurt me, entrapped the nation to hold. Break the spell. When you rock this mega music, the curtain fell. Never see who influenced all the songs, all the movies, all the fake news. Keep it mega, my duty. Y'all know what it do. Uh, well, uh. Okay, I was I really held my breath to see where he was gonna go when he started. Wait, pause it for a second. Yeah, I was really uh, my like I just felt my heart drop into my stomach when he started talking about like who controls the entertainment and fake news. Like what he was yeah. gonna what he was gonna rhyme with that next. Yeah. I yeah. mean, oh man. Uh, I was gonna say like uh, this, they they reference socialism a lot, and obviously the the first guy who did it. Uh, his conception of socialism is that socialism is a gateway drug to communism, and then when co the commun they they promise you free stuff, and then the communists take away all the free stuff. That's interesting. That's literally what Democrats do, but I guess like in their mind, that's the same thing. This yeah. person they, they reference like you know. Uh, they want to be taken care of from like the cradle to the grave, like, you know, what you want to be a slave or something. And like, th that's a line that comes up a lot. And it's one that I really like, because I think like in in their moral universe, like the, the bad part about slavery is that it like was taking like not making people self-sufficient. It was the free yeah, room. It was yeah. the it was the free room and board provided by someone else. Like that totally. was what was that's bad really about slavery, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely, dude. I think that comes from TPUSA. That's a line that, like, I don't think TV that, USA is popular enough to have spread it that far, though. It has to be from like Fox News and shit, right? Like, I mean, this is like I even, even, it, even before MAGA. This was like a like a this is like a was maybe it probably started like a more of a libertarian canard about like why big government and socialism is evil because yeah, it makes yeah. you like dependent on the state, and that's like being a slave when you know like oh like you know they're taking care oh you have health care but like you know. Uh, uh, they'll make you go do backbreaking agricultural labor after that. Like, I don't, or then like, yeah, I think or then sell, points, honestly, sell your family away from you. Like those talking points have to go at least back to like Reagan era. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It kind of ties into like welfare queen shit and all that. They're inserted like arbitrarily, I think due to dark money. Like we saw a lot of that shit in like 2009, 2010, a lot of like the libertarian, messaging that isn't really popular if you pull it but now it's being like inserted again with like young americans for liberty and tpusa and it's like they're not really like trump's message isn't really libertarian at all it's more about like immigrants and culture war issues but they're just saying these like talking points against socialism well, it's it's I mean, the, very like misdirected. The, liberta the libertarian stuff is evergreen because things like TPUSA gets so much funding from like various like Coke groups, right? Like, isn't TPUSA mostly funded by oh, Coke yeah. affiliated? Yeah, shit? it's got like, it's got to be. Or or the, yeah, that's why the stuff's always going to be evergreen because like it only takes a couple of billionaires to get the message out there. And or like, like even though it doesn't pull well with anyone, it's still out there and it always will be for until we fucking crush these people into dust. Uh, who have like, the money or, to do this? But. Or the or the Mercer family, but I, I suspect it's largely almost all this stuff probably comes from the Cokes in one way or another. But the other interesting thing, the Mercers seem like they have like a better theory of like how to get bang for their buck where they, the Mercers are more about supporting Trump than they were about like pushing libertarian on the youth, libertarianism on the youths or something, you know? I mean like the other interesting thing about like the libertarian line about like socialism and big government and like slavery 
is that like they think like the condition of being a slave is like having your material needs met in terms of like housing, food, and healthcare. But yeah. <laughs> but for a libertarian, like the the evil part about slavery is that none of the slaves formed a contract with uh, the plantation owners. And if they had done so, it would be like morally justifiable because it's like yeah. <laughs> the non-aggression principle has not been transgressed against. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Conservatives' yeah, idea of work freedom. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the condition that they were living in for the hundred years after emancipation, uh, totally normal and fine. Yeah, that's, that's the what free it's market. Fine. Yeah. Yep. The, like conservatives, I don't think interrogate what their idea of freedom is very often. Because it turns out to be like the most perverse, weird concept of freedom imaginable, you know? But it, I mean, they I think, love I think the it, buzzword of freedom. I think what it means is the freedom to treat people beneath you like shit or like have power over those beneath you in the social hierarchy. And to like. Yeah, because power to, is always deserved. If to, you have the power, then to like, you must to, have deserved to, to, it. Like up to and including like killing people who are like less, you know, of a different, you know, like a slower social caste than you. Even though you as, as a person are probably, you know, uh, exploited, shit upon, and abused by those above you, but that's like natural and good because it affords you the right to do the same to, like, yeah, like your wife and children, and you know, like the people who work for your, you know, tire company or whatever. That actually makes me think of something that Branson talks about, where he's like, the certain generation of conservatives just wants the president to be their dad, like the kind of people who like Reagan or Trump. And uh, what you're saying makes sense in a familial context too, because you like if your dad is shitty to you, then you want to be shitty to whoever's beneath you. Yeah. And it is like that kind of like, yeah, President Trump knows we're kind of shitty, but I'm going to be shitty to these guys, and it yeah, just never exactly. ends. You know? Or like, or the, yeah, my dad abused me, and I turned out fine. Yeah, yeah I turned out the psychological thing. Up. Yeah. Snowflake. A lot of like older men have where they, um, you'll see memes a lot about like, oh the. Teens today need safe spaces, but back then they uh, they had to go to Normandy. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of yeah, like yeah, yeah yeah. There's a lot of like mythology mythologize. I give up. I don't know why I don't know that <laughs> yeah. word. Mythologizing. <laughs> Mythologizing. Mythol mythomology. <laughs> anyway, it's uh yeah. A lot of those guys like they worship this idea of like the old like Archie Bunker archetype or like the dad on the wonder years, this like emotionally stunted alcoholic stoic guy. Yeah. And like, ideal I, man. I think Trump, like his like emotional distance in treatment of them sort of fulfills that for them in a way. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is also, but which is funny though. Cause like Trump is like that in that regard, but in every other sense, he couldn't be more different from the wonder years or Archie Bunker dad. He is so histrionic and catty and like, he's like, like he, like, you know, like he, it's just, he's, yeah, so, he's such he's, a soft man. Yeah, he really is. Uh, all right, let's, 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 uh, let's bang out the rest of these MAGA raps. Let's run that shit. Yeah, we can we can keep them rolling All here. Right, let's go. That's right. Oh, I was gonna say earlier that I wish um, we could get our hands on the acapellas of these. Yeah. Because like, especially that really old guy talking about Israel, it'd be so <laughs> funny to put a bunch of like actually good effects on his voice <laughs> and like add some reverb and delay and make him sound really professional. Racist wasn't good enough, so leftist add the xenophobe and homophobe. Democrat trash talk is getting old. Black love, white love, brown love, MAGA love, Trump love, world love, Democrats hate love, sick of the hate, but I love my flag. Get out of our way, we're gonna cag. What? 
We're gonna CAG? Oh keep America oh, keep America oh, great. Okay, that's got what it. it is. Oh, CAG. That's what it is. That's pretty she, uh She has a, a jean jacket with Pepe on the front, embroidered, oh. and Q on the back. <coughs> The video for this one is like a slideshow of like a black person in a MAGA hat and like a guy saying gays for Trump. Yeah, it's just like JPEGs put over look, it. Look who agrees with me. MAGA. Right. Trump really yeah. only thought of one good saying, and then he kind of uh, flubbed the 2020 saying already. White liberals serving illusion, causing confusion. These ripples taste good. I bet you could use them. Ponzi skin politics making big promises. All we end up with is problems, empty wallets, and risk. But they're crowning white liberals. It's just so despicable. Just look into history. You see them causing most our misery. Screaming Trump's racist while throwing blacks in ghettos, killing their babies. A woke race champion with <laughs> white liberals is a travesty. Trickery. Cued from Malcolm X, just like he said they're the black man's worst enemy. Fake news has got these white liberals going crazy, deceiving millions through false narratives and cut context every day. In 2020, let's keep draining the swamp of these imposters. Let's keep America great. That guy just gave up trying to rap and just started talking. He <laughs> yawned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately after the last word, he yawned. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone off those oxies. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm a southern white girl, as you can clearly see. Trying to survive here to see if crazies. Racist, a racist is all I ever hear. Lord Ed shall they no racist bones here. MAGA stands together, red, white, and blue. Get on board, we're waiting for you. God bless America, for her I stand. Reaching out so y'all will understand. Dirt poor farmers back in the day couldn't afford any slaves, for we are not the enemies as the press would have you believe, keeping us divided and all Damn, it sucks knees. that her uh, relatives couldn't afford slaves back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't <laughs> yeah, afford, they yeah, wanted yeah. them, but they couldn't afford yeah, them. they just couldn't afford <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one, though. Uh, yeah. Uh, recorded in a car. I mean, honestly, like, I, I don't think I, I think to be a f officially an entry into the MAGA challenge, you have to record yeah, it. It would be car. better if she was actually driving. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, it's kind of lame that she's parked. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. She's got the light on, even though it's in park and it's during the day. You're going to drain your battery. <laughs> um, well, I guess, you know, we kind of we got a good feel for the MAGA challenge here. We covered a lot of ground with the E1 album. I think all that's left to do, Alex, is uh, do you want to talk about your new song here that's kind of inspired by this uh, same, um, you know, it's it's kind of got a shared lineage here with the Mega Challenge, I guess. Yeah, I wanted to see if uh, from scratch, not using this beat, I could one-up them in creating a, a pro-Trump rap, the best one that's ever been done. And I think I beat all the people that we've heard today. Yeah, well, let... Uh, the listener be the judge, but um, I'm I'm excited for this one. Yeah, let's we'll let it play us out. But uh, thanks for being here, Will. Thanks for covering all this stuff. Oh no, my pleasure. All right, we'll see you around. Bye bye. I am white diamond and silk. I am white diamond and silk, supporting President Trump and triggering all of the libs. I am white diamond and silk. 
I am more diamond and silk Supporting President Trump And triggering all of the lips I'm looking for pictures Of Nancy Pelosi's feet She won't go barefoot Her city has shit on the street We're coming for gummy crats We're taking the house back I am like diamond and silk Except I am not black I am white diamond and silk I am white diamond and silk Supporting President Trump And triggering all of the lips I am white diamond and silk I am white diamond and silk Supporting President Trump And triggering all of the lips I'm playing Fortnite you're playing PUBG. I'm using gamer words. You're using lead speak. I got the triple dub. White Wendy Williams. I'm White Arsenio Hall. No Bill Clinton. I'm reading QAnon so I can learn shit. I made based groipers of all my grandkids. I was shadow banned because I was posting facts. I'm like Diamond and Silk, but I am not black. I am like Diamond and Silk. I am white diamond and silk, supporting President Trump and triggering all of the lips. I am white diamond and silk. I am white diamond and silk, supporting President Trump and triggering all of the lips. I go to Trump hotels for every vacation. I got heat stroke at Donald Trump's inauguration. We built the wall, now we're done and now we're sick of winning. I got that Donald Trump suit, that means it's well fitting. I got my identity stolen from buying a Donald Trump coin on TV. I dialed the wrong number and someone pretended they were QVC It wasn't me who spent that $300 on DoorDash and Uber I'm moving to Florida so I can vote for Laura Loomer I am white diamond and silk I am white diamond and silk Supporting President Trump and triggering all of the lips I am white diamond and silk I am white diamond and silk Supporting President Trump and triggering all of the lips RV the DNR now Mr. Trump, if you can hear this, RV the DNR now, we're ready.